2: Trojan fans, wow, that was a little scratchy. How's everyone doing out there today? I'm with Ryan Abraham, joined along by Chris Trevino. Chris, when I eat lunch right before trying to do the the intro, bad news. Mostly drinking Diet uh,
0: Cherry Pepsi, that was bad. Oh, I thought you were going to lead right into the Trader Joe's there.
2: Yeah, I could do that too, but that was uh, just doing that little uh, horse in the throat. But, hope everyone out there is doing well. This is a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast, the live version we're doing at live on YouTube over there. And I hope you guys are able to catch that. If you put your comments in the chat box, we'll be able to put them up on the screen and answer any questions uh, that you have. Again, I'm alongside Chris Trevino. We are not doing a Tunnel Vision Thursday night. This is a Thursday special Ryan and Chris podcast on a Thursday. So it's going to kind of serve as our preview show for Colorado because it's a Friday game. So the week's been all, it's been a little messed up this week, Chris. I mean, just kind of things moving in early. And uh, twenty four hours less to get ready for the Colorado Buffaloes. Luckily, not a very good team, but it's been a kind of condensed week.
0: I mean, I'm fine to be honest. You like? I it? got all my work done. I got five predictions. I'm going to do tonight. I'm way ahead of schedule. I'm not. I, I'm not behind schedule. I'm ahead of schedule, and I don't know what that means. I don't know why that is. Something, um, something's going up.
2: Yeah. Have you sent in your picks yet against the spread? I
0: sent. I sent in my pick. Nice. I sent it in like. Forty minutes ago. I'm kind of regretting it, but I did I regretted it last week. And yeah. you know, me and Dry were the only ones who picked uh cow, so you can uh suck it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm coming for you. I'm only a game back.
2: Nice. Uh yes, you did that. You're game back. Um you and uh and the hurricane got it right last week. Uh we had a comment from Nick here. Hey guys, long time listener. Just wanna say you guys do a good job. Thanks for all your hard work. Chris, Virginia is the better third of the DMV. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A little fire right out of
0: the. Whoa, whoa there. Virginia is a beautiful place. Does it go
2: D.C., Virginia, Maryland for the.
0: I mean, in order. I mean, in literally in uh, order, it's DMV. So you could go by that ranking. But my ranking is Maryland, D.C., Virginia. It's MDV. Yeah, but the, the, Virginia is a very beautiful place. It has some uh, a lot of good history, obviously. But no, no, I, nice. just, uh, I, I disagree.
2: All right. Uh, well, we let, let's get to all the like little topics at the beginning of the show. Just want to let people know if you have questions or comments uh, at Packwell. Pac- Excuse me, I just did get a it Pac-12 together, man. Get it together. Here's the thing, too. Just full disclosure. I just came off doing a two hour podcast of champions that was live like this right before. So my brain's a little
0: bit mush. But we're gonna get through this. My apologies. I do two hour podcasts. Every week, yeah, three hour ones. You're not getting sympathy from me. But
2: this is you're not live on video doing it too, and you have to run. You are running everything with Gerard, but I have to run it all with Dave and like do all the comments and everything. So, uh, switch the brain over to the USC podcast podcast at uscfootball.com. That is our email address. If you want to send us any questions, we do have a bunch of questions to get to. You can also call or text us. We got some text messages. We have some voicemails to play four two four two five four nine one. 4-1 is the number, so we got a couple of voicemails we'll play for you in a little bit. And the Apple Podcasting app, we love it. Yes, there's other podcasting apps out there. We'd love for you to subscribe on any of them, whatever your podcasting app of choice. The Apple Podcasting one, though, is the biggest one. It's been around the longest, I believe, and you can uh, leave us a rating there. So it does help to grow the show if you happen to be listening on your iPhone, your iPad, whatever. Uh, you leave us a rating, and it really helps to grow. We just ask to put five stars. You can say whatever you want afterwards. we got a few, Chris. Um, we got one three-star. We're not going to read that. We're, you don't want to read the three-stars. we got to read the five-stars. Um, Why is it about me? It, it is, too, but we don't. I try not to read the five-stars anyway. But awesome person with a bunch of emojis. Uh, that's his his uh, name. Best USC content. This show is awesome and provides the most in-depth USC analysis you're going to find. Ryan, Chris, Jack, and the rest of the squad are great personalities and provide great insight. As a USC student, this is my number one source for USC football news. Keep up the good work. Very nice. I love when students... Get involved in and uh, li- listen to the podcast. So that's awesome. Uh, Jay Connolly in Denver, or Cooley, sorry. Five stars. Phenomenal podcast. I've been committed fan since my freshman year in 20, 2005. Now that Lincoln Riley has taken over the reins after the painful last decade, I can't get enough USC content in this podcast. Scratches the itch. Chris kills it. Day in a doubt. Look at that, Chris. Even after three hours of the Cilantro Boys, I'm left... Wanting another half-hour diatribe from Gerard. Thanks for what you guys do. Um, the, we're not going to read the three-star. It wasn't a complimentary You can do you, it. it. Should I do it? I don't care. Okay. Uh, the Scaramouche uh, three-star. Why Torino? Torino brings the quality of the show down. His tired comic shtick is tiresome. He's so tired and tiresome in the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's always <laughs> trying to be funny like a bad stand-up deck. Love the site, Ryan. Just got a bail when CT is on. Can't believe I prefer Keeley and the former USA quarterback of the show. Not going anywhere, just skipping the the CT shows.
1: Someone so like, took I, so time I take to it, write that. So
0: I take it he doesn't listen to the composite two star recruits. He must not. Uh, he must not. And what I'm what I want to know is does yeah. he mean tired comic as in physically tired because I am very tired? on Tuesdays or does he mean like tired like old hack
2: I don't know I think it was more like I maybe it's a little combo I am not sure uh I don't agree with his assessment Chris um we and and you know that's why we try to put up a lot of podcasts we have a lot of different personalities podcasts aren't just about information you want to get information right but there's also an entertainment factor there's personalities like if you don't like the way two people are talking about it they could be very informed you might not listen to that podcast um but that chemistry between hosts, I think, is really important in the podcasting world. David Woods and I, uh, for whatever reason, have good chemistry. You have a USC person, the guy that covers USC, guy that covers UCLA. It works. We get a lot of fans. People love it. Um, and mostly because of the personalities that we have going on there. And a lot of people like what you bring to the table, Chris. I do very much. But not everyone's going to like everything. And we get, th- we get that a lot. We put ourselves out there. So that's just kind of the way it is.
0: Three years ago, this would have ruined my month. <laughs> You right now, away. I don't care. Good. That's I awesome. simply don't care. And I know I'm funny, so that guy can uh, suck an egg.
2: I laugh all the time. Uh, Gmon21, also left with five stars fight on. And a message to the host, as a recent graduate and longtime USC football fan, this podcast is everything I could ask for. These are great. Uh, big fan of Harvey Hyde's commentary. I would love for him to narrate my life. Okay. okay. That's interesting. There's something I have to say about Chris, though. Uh-oh. Chris, get oh, ready another for this sneak, one. sneak one? I don't know. I, it could be positive. It could be negative. Chris, get ready for this one. I hope you take it well. Don't freak out. It's nothing personal, but I need to say this. Drum roll. Keep up the good work. You're great. So Boom. That was very nice. I edited the last part. I, oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. He, that's what he said.
0: Uh, Can so, people hear me? I feel like I'm not loud. Uh, really? I don't know. No, I think you're loud. Okay. I just wanted to check. It's not as echoey in my ear. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for
2: all the reviews. Also, thank you. Even They're, the three-star one. Even the three-star I don't know, like those three-star ones. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. So awesome. Man, we're in November, dude. You know what that means? My favorite meal of the year, Thanksgiving. Um, My favorite for sure. Go to over to TraderJoe's.com if you want some ideas for what's going on. Pies are a big, big part of the holidays, right? You want to have your
0: pies. You got to have the pie. Are you an apple pie guy? Pumpkin? a, a, a Big pumpkin, like... Uh, Pumpkin is like all the way. I don't mess with the sweet potato or the pecan. Mm. And I wasn't an apple pie person growing up, but I've come around to like apple pie. But it needs a it needs to be warm, and it needs a big old dollop of uh, ice cream with it. Hey, you go to the front page of TraderJoe's.com right now, apple crumble
2: pie, with a big vanilla ice cream dollop on it looks amazing so go check that out i'm I'm looking at it right now and And then you know one of the most underrated parts of thanksgiving is the leftovers and you go down to the believe it uh believe eat or not recipes that they have on the page thanksgiving leftover sandwich so i love me some thanksgiving leftover sandwiches so i'm definitely going to dive in there to some of these but when you're doing you know doing your thanksgiving planning just go to the and check it out because they have a lot of good ideas over there so
0: um are you cooking thanksgiving
2: chris what's your yeah uh... i've been
0: cooking a lot in my new house nice so yeah i'm excited to uh have the the space to put on a oh there Yep, there it is apple caramel pie that looks kind of good i might have to pick one of those up (laughs) now i want a pie you do it now i want a pie (laughs)
2: uh very nice again so if you are on the um if you're watching us live on youtube we appreciate that very much thank you put question uh if you're putting comments out there and I would love to, uh, we'll star them along the way and try to answer them um, at the end of the show. But it's been kind of a crazy week. You had a Monday practice, you had some rainy practices, a, a normal Tuesday morning practice that was really a Wednesday practice. We had a Lincoln Riley um, Zoom today while I was recording the other podcast, but you were on the Zoom. Um, like an actual injury update? Like there's so some- Those flabbergasted. So maybe give. So I think this is sort of. We can classify this as breaking news with you know USC playing Friday night, uh, six thirty p.m. Is it uh, FS1? What FS1. is it? FS1. FS1. Um, yeah. So this is like eve of USC football games. So you can watch like the rest of the Pac-12. There's some pretty bad games throughout the conference. Every conference game, six conference games, Chris. The closest spread is eight points. Everything is predicted to be a blowout. This is the biggest spread USC, um, Colorado, 34 points, which is insane. But we have a game Friday. We got a game Friday night. And uh, Lincoln Riley on Thursday. All, all eyes are on will Jordan Addison play? Will Mario Williams play? Will Eric Gentry play? Will Goreforth Goforth play? Um, so maybe give the update on what's going on with. Uh, the USC injury situation.
0: There was sort of two categories of injury updates. Those being sort of you know guys that aren't really playing right now. Those kind of deeper down the roster updates, and then the big names. You know the Jordan Addison's, the Mario Williams, and uh, Lincoln Riley was very forthcoming. He said he feels pretty good about Raylan Goforth and Jordan Addison both suiting up this weekend and playing this weekend. So that's notable. And those are those are two that I expected to kind of play. This this being the game, you want to get them back, get a little bit of that rust off, especially Jordan, knowing you need him for UCLA and Notre Dame. So I I would assume he's going to be on maybe a little bit of a pitch count. You know, not he doesn't need to play the whole game, maybe a half and pull him. Just 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 to to steal from Clay Health and Telton to work him into a lather a little bit, see what happens in a half of football. But those are the two big names that are expected to rejoin the lineup uh this week and then with Eric Gentry and Mario Williams, he said they are going to be more game-time decisions. Just me personally, I do not expect uh, Eric Gentry to play this weekend. That's just my two cents. You don't need him for Colorado, point blank. You don't need him. I know it would be good to you know get him a little bit of work, but I wouldn't risk it. You need him for UCLA. You need him for Notre Dame. You're going to need him for whatever postseason you get to. So I would just be safe. Be cautious. Don't rush him back. Give him another extra week. Mario will be a little bit trickier just because, you know, that's, you know, we tweak something in the Arizona game. You don't want to push it too far. I, I would say he probably won't play, but that's just me. That's my two cents. But, again, Jordan Addison really go for it. That would be a big boost for the offense and then getting back to that linebacker core that needs some bodies back. So that's the big news. Other smaller updates, you know, Zion Branch. We've seen him suit up multiple times on the weekend or on on game days. He's way ahead of schedule per Lincoln Riley. But just given the nature of the knee injury and, you know, having surgery, that's when you can't rush. So he is not going to be available uh, for the rest of the year. You know, that was kind of expected, even though he is way ahead of schedule. Damani Jackson, he, he noted that they're hopeful they can get him back, you know, by the end of the regular season for postseason. You know, whether that's a Pac-12 championship, whatever they may be they're hopeful they can get him back. He's progressing. He's got him getting back on, on the field. That that's the first step. Uh, Jude Wolf is progressing in his rehab. You know, he's not going to play this weekend. Lincoln did say they hope to have him at at about the midway point where we're past that obviously, but they hope that they can get him, you know, maybe these final two games, but he will not be playing this week. It's not one of those things where the second he's cleared, it's like, all right, jump back into college football. No, they got to build him back up, and that's where they're at right now. They're they're kind of building him back. And then Xavier offered, you know, a starter last season, a guy people were happy about or excited about to play uh, this season, got banged up in multiple camps and hasn't played in a long time. And he, Lincoln Riley stated that he had uh, a procedure done, had to clean up some stuff, and he is not going to be playing uh, the rest of the year. So he is done for the year. But as I said, Headlining ones, Gentry, Raylan, Mario, and uh, Addison. Did I say Addison? Yeah, you talk about that. Addison, yeah. So, yeah, a lot, lot of injury updates, which is a very
2: big surprise. I mean, getting Addison back, I think, is going to be helpful for the offense. But the offense was pretty good. I mean, it was good without him, without him and Mario. Um, I mean, obviously, the, you'd love to see an Eric Gentry back uh, at some point. I think he could be a bigger difference maker. I mean, the last three games... The defense was without Eric Gentry, and they were significantly worse. Um, you know, more, way more points per drive, just way way more everything. Uh, they've just been really bad. And I'm not saying it's a correlation between, but, you know, when Eric Gentry went out, things have changed for sure. Um, he's a difference maker back there. So, you know, I, we show him in, like, street clothes, you know, coming out. Uh, do you need him against Colorado? No, but I think you'd like to have him against UCLA and Notre Dame. And getting him some reps against Colorado would be nice, but yeah, I don't know. Just that would be the, the he would be the most important injury, you know, potential comeback I think
0: USC could have. Chris, I don't. know. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. He's one. I think Jordan is two, and then Mario. So you get Jordan back this week. That's great for the offense. You'll need it. Yeah. what looks like it's going to be a fun shootout yeah. of some sorts, and then, but you need Gentry because he changes the whole dynamic of your defense. And I was thinking about this. The other day or this week just how you know two of usc's worst games have been where gentry wasn't there in the middle of the defense now that's not saying that he's going to automatically mean they're going to score you know 150 less yardage and, and score uh 15 less points or anything like that but he certainly is a difference maker and i think he would make a big difference if you you play those games over with a healthy eric gentry the games look a lot different Maybe not all the way different, but I think you'll definitely be more comfortable. Wins is what I'm saying.
2: We're going to talk about the USC and Colorado, which is sort of funny. You got like the what the palindrome that's like USC's eight and one, Colorado's one and eight. You know, uh, oh. crazy. But USC's come a long way, and I know that a lot of fans are unhappy with many things. And I think you, if you're a USC fan, football fan. You've had a lot of reasons to be unhappy, and you sort of like get in that mindset of being unhappy about things and complaining about things because that's just sort of what you've been used to. And there was legitimate things to complain about all the time. Not there, and I think in any walk of life, you can make complaints about stuff. Lincoln Riley today the Zoom call, you know, kind of talked about, you know, where are you now? Like he was hired, it'll be you know, eleven months ago, almost almost a year ago. Um, you know, USC was four and eight. He got to see the the Cal game, you know. Cal bad and beats USC. He um, got to see that up close and personal. They've come a long way. It's not a perfect team. It's a flawed team. They've got issues. They've got problems. They've had some injuries, whatever. But this is a, still an eight and one team. I think he was, I don't know if he was making a pitch to like USC fans or what, what did you make? Maybe kind of give people an update of what he said today and like what you made of it.
0: I don't remember what the initial question was. I think it was something about the defense and their confidence and He was giving that answer and I think he just kind of like stopped himself and he was like, you know, I think this is being lost here is that look at what this thing looked like last year and basically said we're eight and one now. Like, yeah, you, you know, you wish the defense was playing a lot better, you know, but just this isn't him. This isn't him saying that. This is me just adding on to that. But that's basically my interpretation. It was like, yes, I know you know, people are, fans are frustrated about the defense and, you know, how they played the last several games. But think about what this defense and this team kind of looked like last year. They won four games. They were getting dog walked by Oregon State and Stanford and teams like that. And now they're 8-1. They're a top 10 team in the country. And they're one point away from being, you know, undefeated and possibly a top five team. And I think, the expectations Lincoln Riley, you know, talked about all off season, you know, kind of fueled that, you know, kind of a little bit. The 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 fans being, you know, not happy with the defense, the way they played, and you know that's a fair, fair thing to complain about. But also, I think it also warrants context about where this team was a year ago, and we say this all the time, uh, Ryan. Like this team won four games last season. Think about that. And they're probably going to win at least 10 games this year. Yeah. And if anybody else took over this team outside of like Nick Saban, (laughs) they're not in this position. Yeah. Matt Campbell, my headphones are falling off. Matt Campbell, good coach, program builder. He's not winning any games. No. They're probably they're probably going to bowl, but they're maybe they're fighting for bowl eligibility at this week. You know, uh, I'm blanking on the guy from Cincinnati. Help me out, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle, again, great coach, program builder, but he's not getting Caleb Williams out of the portal. No, he's not getting all those guys out of the portal. He's getting some guys out of the portal, but not all those guys. So this team probably still same position. If you took you took Luke Fickle, probably fighting for that. Uh, tooth and nail for that uh, that bowl eligibility. And here we are talking about USC next week, setting themselves up to be in the Pac-12 championship. College game day, potentially, and at the Rose Bowl and everything. It's all about context yes. and looking at it from a different perspective. You can be mad at the defense, but I also think you need to take it with a big grain of perspective of what this team and this defense looked like last year. And the fact that while they did overhaul a bunch of stuff, There is still a lot, a lot of things that need to be done for this uh, roster. One of the questions, uh, Sager, uh, Sagar,
2: um, posted the real question is what what this team's record would be with the same roster. So you get Caleb Williams out of the portal, you get, you know, Shane Lee and all that stuff, but Clay Helton at the helm coaching. So Um. you get, so, well, part of the, the, the beauty of what Lincoln Riley did is he built this roster. So you're now giving Clay Helton a pass by building a better roster, cleaning out the the trash that you needed to get rid of, um, getting the better players. But now he's coaching the team. So I don't know
0: what this. Who's the OC? Is it Harold? I guess yeah.
2: You use the, the staff from
0: last year. Yeah. You're 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 getting whooped at Oregon State. Oregon State. You're getting whooped at Utah. You're probably losing Arizona. Yeah, you probably lose the Arizona game. So what is that? That's maybe Washington s- State too. Yeah, maybe Washington State. They, I'm, I'm still saying they'd win the Cow game, but I, I, I would not be shocked if they found a way to lose that game as well. Yeah. So you're what six and what four, three? Did I that, do that math right? Maybe, uh, maybe. Five
2: and four, six and three. Five and probably. four, six and three. And then yeah. you're losing no you're no losing we, UCLA and Notre Dame. losing UCLA. It's like a six and six team.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. bowl eligible team. It's uh yeah, it's fine yeah. for Tulsa. <laughs> right. But that's
2: different. Lincoln Riley made a huge difference. And I think his plea today to USC fans or whatever that was, um, I think made said Sometimes you have to put a little bit, put it in perspective that yes, it's not perfect, there's a lot of issues. Um, And, you know, I think you have to give Lincoln Riley the benefit of the doubt for a little while. If it's like year two and like the the defense still stinks, they got better players in and, you know, and you want to put pressure on his choice if he's going to defend his guys and and all that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think it's more, you know, you you can, you know, you can validate that. But at this point, you're like, you're eight and one. It's like you had a plan in place. You've made a lot of improvements, and not not everything you touched turned to gold, but a lot of it did. You know, so just go from there. Um, I put a. Well, someone made a comment uh, in the chat. Let Are people see. pissed at us? No, no, no. Um, this was from Carter because I put in the the title. Uh, what did I call this? Like USA looking to make a statement uh, against Colorado, and uh, Carter says you can't make a statement against
0: Colorado. I was just going to say can you make a statement against the worst team like in college football or one They of the are teams? bad. And it, this is not about, and when we talk about the point spread and we're going to do some
2: previewing and stuff, um, this is more about you internally. The statement isn't that like we're going to beat the snot out of the Buffaloes and look how good we are. It's more about you gave up a lot of points and yards to a very bad Cal offense. Cal's defense can be pretty good. Um, they're actually pretty bad at points per drive, but you know, the USC offense was fine. You're not I don't think it's a it's more of a defensive like special teams. Like, are you gonna be competent on special teams? Are you gonna be more dominant on the defensive side of the ball and really take away? I watched J.T. Shroud last week throw it against Oregon, throwing pick I mean, he's just throwing darts like to random spots. I was describing on the podcast of champions as like sort of like a cone. And the ball could come out in any place. Like you're trying to throw it here, but there's like a, a wide cone. It could randomly come out any place. Like when you're when you're playing Madden and you got the kicker or whatever, and there's like that bar that goes up and it comes back. You have to like stop it. And the you're sort of doing that. It would just stop at these random spots and just balls. He's not good at quarterback. So the defense needs to make a statement. You can't make you made Jake Plummer look like Jared Goff or you know Aaron Rodgers from Cal. Co- co- yeah, college, not them now. No, the college versions. <laughs> yes. Like when they were at Cal, throwing for a million yards. Like, why were they, do- why was Cal doing that? They couldn't throw. No one, he didn't have a 300 yard game all season. He threw for 400. Like, that's the statement I'm talking about is that you, you're you competent against a, you know, a, a team you should be competent against. Yes. And then I think if you feel good, you get some sacks, you get a couple interceptions, force a fumble, don't give up points, three and outs, three and outs. Can the USC defense force a three-and-out? How many on the year? Like one? Not that many. Um, get some three-and-outs, all those things. Knowing that it's still against Colorado, that sort of is like it's a get-right thing for yourself. You know, like get the defense like feeling better. And you could still go in and have Zach Charbonnet run all over you. But you, if you get run over by Colorado, like your confidence going into UCLA has got to be bad. I think it's more about making a statement, an internal statement, not an statement because you're going to beat – colorado which you will like
0: cleansing yourself hmm. it's like you got all this bad juju funk in you and you just got to do a cleanse colorado's your cleanse and get it yeah. all out and feel good going into ucla you could still very much you know be a give up 600 yards and 60 points or whatever but at least you got cleanse with colorado yes. and like okay we did some good things. We did some great things. Let's build on that. We got three turnovers. We sacked them nine hundred times. You know, let's use that. Let's use that, and just see what happens uh, when you play the Bruins. But just yeah, just getting all that bad energy out of you, and and putting for putting it, channeling all that into the Buffaloes. Yeah.
2: Uh, speaking of the Buffaloes, we'll kind of do because we're not doing our tunnel vision tonight. Sort of like a mini preview. I guess, or maybe, you know, should we do the uh, we probably should. Let's do a little recap of the uh, cow game, I guess, in the form. In the form of take it or leave it, not by me, though, not by you. Jack from New Jersey wrote in for us a little take it or leave it. So I think this will be a good way to sort of put a bow on the, you know, the cow game. And then we're going to look ahead to the Colorado game. So. He said, "Number one, Miller Moss plays in the Colorado game. I say leave it, uh, based on how the defense continues to play." What do you? That is, might that was from uh, that was from uh, yeah, Jack, I thought not you, from me. I, Sorry,
0: Jack wrote that. I would say take it because this actually might be one of my predictions that I'm throwing out. Ooh, that Miller Moss is going to play and is going to find the end zone. I think he wants to play. I think he would love
2: to get into He's games. Ready? He should have had opportunities to play so far, and he has not. Um,
0: So, yeah, I'm going to take it, too. I think he's going to play. Caleb should not be in in the fourth quarter. He should not touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, But still, will he
2: play? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think he will. you're taking it? I'm taking it, too. Number two, he says USC needs to score 60-plus points to beat UCLA. I'm going to
0: leave it. Yeah, I don't know if they need 60, but I think they need uh, north of 40. At least, yeah. You got to be in the forties. Yeah, um, I w- I will leave it, but I mean, if Colorado does something similar to what Cal's offense did, then yes, I will say you need sixty. Right, but that I don't think that's gonna
2: happen. Yeah, I don't think Goals. that's gonna happen. There's only like, here's the thing too. Like, there's only so many possessions in a game. Like, you know, you, a defense gets a lot worse. It's like if you're scoring on just about every drive, like it's hard to do better than that. You know, no matter how bad the opponent is. Like, you've already been doing that. Um I mean UCLA is not going to score in every drive but they're going to score a bunch you know and so you're probably going to score They might score in every drive. <laughs> yeah, could score like 45 plus points or whatever. Um and I think it's more just about being more efficient like you know you're going to get yours UCLA is going to get theirs on offense USC is going to get theirs like who makes the mistakes like who causes you know, shoots themselves in the foot so they get stopped themselves instead of by the opponent's defense or what defense steps up and makes a couple stops that, like, you weren't really expecting. Who's going to blink first? Yep. Uh, and then he says, number three, USC needs to score 50-plus points to beat Notre Dame. I'd say leave that. I mean, Notre Dame lost to Stanford at home. So you don't need 50 points to beat Notre Dame. Now, they've had
0: games where they've been good, but... And I know people are like, oh, they beat Clemson, but Clemson was, like... Playing with fire Clemson's the bad. whole season. Yeah, they're a paper tiger. Uh, they've been a paper tiger. They're they just been lucky. They they should have lost like at least three times earlier in the season. So I don't think beating Clemson was look. It's impressive, but it's not like it's not like beating Alabama or Ohio State. You know. Yeah, Clemson was not like a top five team. Definitely not. So you know, good for their confidence. Aren't they ranked now? Uh, they got they they lost to Marshall at home. They have three
2: losses: Marshall, Stanford, like bad losses, and uh, you know they lost to Ohio State. And they're twentieth in the college football um, playoff rankings. Tight. Which- doesn't make any sense, but that's they, a lot of those rankings down there are just to kind of justify their decisions at the top. So they'll rank people like you know, oh, we won Ohio State high. They beat Notre Dame. We'll you know make Notre Dame a ranked team, stuff like that.
0: And I know people were like, oh, Notre Dame's beaten Clemson. Now we're going to lose to Notre Dame because our right. defense is so bad. But no, I don't see it that way. I still like them a lot to beat Notre Dame. Yeah. And then if they play
2: Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, they will need to score sixty plus points to beat the Ducks. Again, I'll leave that. Like Again, he, I'll leave that. Yeah. That's a lot. Like just 60 points is a lot. You could talk me into 50. You could I could
0: I would think about 50.
2: Lot. 60 no. You don't there's definitely ways to win that game without scoring 60 points. Um plenty of ways. He said the defense played well against the run versus Cal, but uh something has to improve against the pass. They're starting to look like the Helton teams against Stanford Oregon State last year. Thank God for Caleb Williams in the offense, Jack from New Jersey.
0: Thanks, I'm Jack. Take it- is that a take it or was that, that was a, just a oh, comment? Okay. Yeah,
2: um, I thought there'd be more kind of about the game. Anything else, real quick, you want to talk about about the game? I mean, it's like it's it's in the past. Moving on. It's in the past. They were bad against you know a bad offense. They made look good. That's the most concerning part. You know, when Arizona, you got some receiver going off for like you know a whole bunch of yards. You're like, okay, three touchdowns. Utah, you like allow a tight end to just absolutely go bananas on you and you know he's really good and you're like okay I mean I guess they could have a big game you'd rather not that big game be against you but it was when when Cal that has an absolute putrid offense has a big game then that's that's the concern it's not like it's someone that you know always has that potential we hadn't seen that potential in this Cal offense if Cal's offense is putrid what is Colorado's offense it's sort of like decomposing
0: hot, decomposing garbage I would yeah. say it's on fire, ouch! Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to give me uh, props for going four for five.
2: Um, hold on, let me. Unless uh... we're gonna do the toilet? No. Yeah. So you're you're you were 0 for 20 on your bold predictions. Oh, I God. would say your predictions got a little less bold, but maybe you needed that. This Here's is sort- the thing: It was sort of like you play in Colorado. Like you were like, okay, we got to get right. I got to get some predictions right. I just. I just want to address the USC gets more than five yards. Okay, you got it. I just
0: want to address this thing (laughs) where people refer to the predictions I make for games as bold predictions. They're not supposed to be bold predictions. They are just predictions. Yeah. The bold predictions are the season ones I do going into the season. These aren't meant to be like quote unquote bold predictions, but I will say though they were a little bit less spicy than previous weeks. But still, I've made less spicy picks in multiple weeks this season and still didn't get it and gone 0 for 5. I just happened to be very uh, uh, lucky this time around and still searching for that 5 for 5, baby. I'm going to retire when I hit it. I'm going to be a little bit more spicy this week for Colorado. But, yeah, it felt nice to get a 4 for 5. And all of them hit in the first half. Yeah, you were like. And I was just waiting for that Dennis Lynch 40-yard field goal. Oh. I was just waiting for it. Yeah, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. But really proud of my Michael Jackson pick. Really proud of Caleb uh, uh, Williams scooting in for a, a rushing score. His first one since Arizona State. Just want to point that out. That was nice. So, And I was worried I'd, I uh, jinxed Travis Dye and his touchdown streak, but kept it going. Reach, reached uh, eight games, so there we go. Yeah.
2: We had a question, uh, your fave Sheed. Would a loss to Colorado result in an emergency podcast? Yes, 1,000%. Yes. Like we would probably leave the Coliseum and just drive right here, right? Like I mean, we, we have do, to do instant we, first. We do instant analysis. We do all our stuff. And then just basically, it would probably be like a one in the morning podcast. Like we would do live. I think wow. so. I would think. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, if you lose Colorado. Colorado. Um, but they won't. They will not. I mean, it's just like whew, so bad. Uh, okay. So what about the Buffs? um you know they've tried three different quarterbacks obviously carl durrell gets fired mike sanford is the interim um head coach i watched them they beat cal we they were definitely on that game with you yeah they were on zero and 12 watch uh they needed a spark um they needed something and firing carl durrell you know made sense they should have fired him going into the season but he'd got an extension it just You know, they went four and two during the pandemic year, and then they were bad last year. They sort of had to give them a chance, but they were ready to pull the trigger. They did. Um, I like the way, similar to Arizona State, they've played feistier since, uh, you know, when you get the interim head coach. You get a little bump there. Um, I don't know what happened to Cal, but Cal played like garbage. Um, Colorado last week got just steamrolled by Oregon at home. And uh, Oregon was only a 31 and a half point favorite. USC is a 34 point favorite. Oregon covered that easily. And that's probably the reason why the USC spread so much higher. But Oregon was weird. Like Oregon is on a mission to like just beat people. Make people forget about week one. They like their first touchdown went to Josh Connerly. So their first touchdown was to an offensive lineman that was like an extra offensive lineman that they lined up as a tight end. I think the second one was the Bo Nix, like it was the running back throwing a pass to Bo Nix, the quarterback, so he catches a touchdown, and then they put in uh, Justin Flo at fullback and he runs in for a touchdown. So like basically three trick play touchdowns to start against Colorado. Like Oregon has Washington, Utah, and Oregon State coming up, and they're using all these trick plays against Colorado, but they want they and they didn't take you know they didn't take the starters out. UCLA took their starters out and kind of like almost had to put them back in. Uh, in their game against, uh, was it Stanford? Yeah, against I think it was Stanford. Um, and then, no, was it Stanford? Who did they play? They played Arizona State, sorry. Uh, with Colorado, Oregon just came and blitzkrieged them right away. They didn't know what to do, and they just completely took them out. And they never took their foot off the gas and beat them by 100. And uh, I thought Colorado could hang. But Oregon really just took it to them early. So for me, this game kind of you know is going to be on that line of can USC just like pummel Colorado to the point where like that feistiness is gone and you're just giving up and you're just going to wait for next week for the next game because that's what Oregon did. Like Oregon basically took their will to live away. Um, Can USC do that? Because they didn't do that with Cal and Cal stuck around and then got some freaky plays and an onside kick and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying Colorado can do that, but you could go and if you just start off and do like what Oregon did, you can you know blow this team out and cover the thirty-four point spread. I'm just not sure if USC is going to do that out of the gate and get the kind of big defensive plays. Uh, but it's a it's a bad, it's a really bad Colorado team, Chris. Just they're bad. I think they've been playing a little bit better on defense. Um, you know they've changed some philosophies. Uh, you know there's only so much you can do as an interim head coach. But JT Shroud is not. Good. Um, They got some pressure on him. The Oregon front did. And he's just was wildly inaccurate. He threw up a few balls. Uh, He had a pick six and like a near pick six. Christian Gonzalez, the former Buffalo cornerback who transferred to Oregon has two interceptions against his old team. Um, Just a lot of stuff wasn't going right for Colorado. And that was at home. So now they're going on the road against a talented team. I don't know. I, 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 I still see that feistiness. They could be there a little bit, but to me, it's just more about what USC does. Can USC handle business? And if they do, they should be able to roll, you know, Colorado and put the backups in and all that kind of stuff. I'm just not sure how if it's going to go like that.
0: I'll be really interested to see how both sides of the ball come out uh in that first series for each side, because we saw it against Cal. The offense did not look in sync. They they had they had a punt, and then the defense you know, gave up an opening drive touchdown to Cal and it kind of looked like they didn't seem to be any energy really on USC sideline. That was like a
2: five play drive or something. Yeah. And then they,
0: and then they, they woke up, you know, and then, then, you know, eventually they got the 20 point lead and then eventually let them back in as we know. So I'm going to be interested to see, do we get a repeat of that? Do we get, I'm not saying Colorado is going to score, but do you get a, get a drive where maybe they go, maybe they get three points. Maybe the offense is a little sluggish coming out. It being a short week as well, you know it's Friday. Your clocks are off. Your your internal clocks are are, are all screwed up. So I'm gonna be interested to see what it looks like if USC goes down. You know, first play is like bam, bam, fifty yard bomb Jordan Addison. Whatever, it'd be like okay, they're gonna they're just gonna slice them up. Yeah, and then defense, whoever you know is playing, you know if they three and out. Okay, that's your tone. The tone was not great for Cal. I want to see how the tone is for Colorado. I know it's Friday, I know it's a short week, but you still should go out there and kick him in the butt really (laughs) early and then just, like you said, pummel them early. Don't let him back in. And I'm sure that's a message that Lincoln Riley and the staff has been hitting on and the team leaders have been hitting on. Like we let them back in. We, you know, we're sleepwalking. We gave them some plays we shouldn't have given up and we we kept them alive. We should have got the quarterback down. We had to. You let them stay alive and make a play on third down. Those are things they have to clean up. So I want to see how they handle that. You know, if they're up, you know, thirty to ten at some point, Mm. where do we go from there? Yeah. If they can run off two more scores and then get the backups in, good. Or they're going to give up a touchdown and then it's like, okay, yeah, what's happening? So it's all about the tone set for me is is how they come out because last week they failed. Let's see how they do it on a short week. Yeah, I love that. Set the tone. Um, You got to do
2: that. Oregon did it. It worked very well. You got to do that uh, against Colorado and just you know
0: squeeze out their will to live. Just squeeze it right out of them so they don't have that. Say, nope, we're not doing this today. We're not getting a knife fight with Colorado. We got bigger things to worry about. We're going to get out of here in three three quarters and everyone's going to go home happy. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we
2: will come back and uh, answer some questions. Back in a minute. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. almost said Podcast of Champions again. Uh, I won't do that. Let's start off with a voicemail, Chris. Kay. Here we go. Yeah,
1: this question is for um, the Chris and Ryan show, uh, the flagship of the Peristyle Podcast Network. Um, you guys got to get me off the ledge. <laughs> I am so disappointed, so utterly disappointed in USC fans. I'm not sure what they expected. This team was horrific last year. It was terrible on defense, averaging, I don't know, a bajillion points a game. And, yeah, there hasn't been uh, lights out defense playing every game. But, I don't know, the best player on the defensive side of the ball is out. The heart and soul of the defense, the angry draft is out. And the team's still winning. The team... Is likely go to a New York Six Bowl, has a shot of going to the Rose Bowl, has an outside but viable shot of going to the playoffs. And people are upset. People want to poop through the team. People want to fire coaches. These fans are terrible. It, 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 I guess it doesn't matter what you do. If you would have told these fans back in March that these would be the results Lincoln Riley would be getting them, that Alex Grinch would be getting them, they would have sold their car for it and now they're mad God it's really hard to be a a USC football fan with the other fans acting the way they are so I'm asking you Chris, Ryan help me get off the ledge help Mm -hmm. me not just jump ship
0: talk to you later Eddie from Orange sounds like he was hiding in his
2: closet yeah so uh, Anthony said that uh, that's Chris on the voicemail sounds just like him so I don't think it sounds like you. Uh, we, yeah, we, we can be therapists here. That's part of what our job is, right? Our job description, we are therapists for for USC fans. And uh, I would say, don't be frustrated with other fans. Like, fan stands for fanatic. People are going to have strong opinions. It's really easy. What did Lincoln Riley say? Like, everyone's great or terrible. Like, it just... Oh, the defense is, you know, after Oregon State, the defense is great. And then if a bad game, the defense is terrible. There's no, like, nuance. There's something, you know, nothing like that. I think if you're going to be upset that other fans are complaining about something, it's sort of like one of those things where, like, you wait till the end of the year, and if they end up being 10-2, and two, maybe there's some perspective there. Like, okay, yeah, I gave up a bunch of yards to Cal, but won. Oh, you know, like surprisingly beat ucla and oh uh, you know last second field goal lost to notre dame whatever it is however the season plays out i think you're going to look back and go that was pretty good compared to four and eight last year like this is a significant improvement you basically hired someone good to take over the program and turn it around and they did like it's turned around now is it where you want it to be is it a national championship program yet no but it's one year. Like, people said, oh, it's going to take two, three years to turn the roster over and do that. And like I was like, nope, we're going to do it in one year. Um They got a legit shot at playing for the Pac-12 championship game. So, I wouldn't worry about what other fans are thinking. If other fans are going to be complaining about everything, I mean, I, I would let them. I wouldn't let it bother you. Enjoy it. You should enjoy college football. You should enjoy – there's this dude, Caleb Williams. He's really freaking good. Uh He's got a good chance of making it to – New York for the Heisman Ceremony. Watch him. Enjoy it. Enjoy what's going on. So that that would be my advice. What do you think,
0: Chris? You got Caleb Williams. You got a Blitnikoff winner. Mm -hmm. You got a guy leading the nation in sacks. You have a talented, young secondary. You have a really good, one of the top Pac-12 cornerbacks. You know, your linebacker room isn't the greatest. You know that. You knew that coming in. Eric Gentry has been really good but he's hurt and you can look at the defense and point to things like this needs to improve and i understand that you know other fans can bring you down ryan that can that can that can uh that can definitely uh sour your mood a little bit but i can that's just like how fandom is like there are some people that even if the team won the national championship they'd still be making a board post like man our secondary did not play well you just won the national championship it's all right people complained like
2: the 11 and one seasons going to the Rose Bowl and like beating Penn State or Illinois or something people complained and you're like you should enjoy those you know like yeah okay you lost to a team you shouldn't have lost to but man it's still pretty fun like you beat a lot of teams um you're eight and one gonna be nine and one Gonna uh, have a game day situation. Get to play UCLA. Who's going to be nine to one. Most
0: likely. Just enjoy the, enjoy the ride. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a fun ride. It's like the year one for Lincoln Ryan Is like playing with house money a little bit. Like I know we set the expectations high, but given what USC looked like last year, mm. I mean, they have all that talent that came in, but it's not all the talent they need. They need more talent. But to be in this position is like, he's right. You know, Look at where they were last year. Yeah. Look at it. Go back and watch every game. Go back and watch every game from last year. And then go back and watch this Colorado ga- game and tell me how much better you feel. Yeah. Or go back and watch those those other games from this season. Yeah. I think you got to wait for the whole.
2: It's like you're on a roller coaster and you just want to wait for the whole ride to finish. Like you're complaining about the roller coaster. and You're like, I haven't got to the big dip yet. You know, it's like it's, uh, you know. There's a lot left, and uh, it might be a little disappointing if you lose to UCLA and Notre Dame. Um, you might beat them both. You might split. Like I, I wouldn't worry too much until that kind of stuff happens. But sort of like at this point, you know, like you're eight and one, there shouldn't be as much to complain about as there is. But people do. I get it. Uh, we have a text message from Marcus from Moco. Where's Moco?
0: Montgomery County.
2: Montgomery County. Okay. I'm uh, assuming that's what he's. Uh... No idea what he's talking about. Uh, Ryan, uh, how is it that Grinch—he's talking about Alex Grinch—could do so well against USC when he was at Wazoo, but now seems to have atrophied uh, when he's on our payroll? The last three games have given UCLA and Notre Dame a road trip to lighting up our defense. I need a ball of scotch right now,
0: Marcus. What do you think, Chris? You said Washington State to now, right? Yeah. Or at USC.
2: He was like when he was at Washington State, he did well against USC. Why isn't he doing well now that USC's paying him?
0: This is a maybe like a nuanced response okay. question to tackle. Because I feel like and Gerard talked about this on the Composite Two Star Recruits plug about how at Washington state, you know, you don't really recruit at a level like a USC can recruit at or an Oklahoma can recruit at. And so, you know, he's used or was, he was built around his success was built around kind of smaller, quicker defensive linemen. That's what they had to use. They had to go to their advantage which is, you know, they're not getting the big six-foot-five, 270-pound uh, linemen. You know, they're getting the six-foot-two, six-foot-three kind of undersized guys, and they had to make them – they had to make a soup out of the ingredients that they were given, to, to, to take your analogy, Ryan, and, you know, that worked for them. And that's what made them good, and that's why they were able to beat other teams because, you know, good coaching and the scheme worked with those smaller guys. And now you're going to situations, you know – Where that's not the smaller guys don't always work that way when you're talking about the Big Twelve, which has got much bigger players. And USC doesn't have all the players that they need for this scheme at this point. They've got some, you know, spare parts that they're kind of working with and try to build around. And Gerard spoke about this much more eloquently than I'm doing right now, so you should go listen to that. But I just think it's it's something where there maybe there needs to be a little bit of an, a, a little bit of adjustment in kind of the the bodies you're recruiting for this scheme and push comes to shove we're gonna have to see that I think when they go to the Big Ten because I don't think those smaller guys are gonna be able to hang with Big Ten offensive linemen because those are some big boys when you get to you know competing for s uh excuse me uh college football playoffs when that gets expanded you know scc teams got some big boys and i don't know if being quicker is is going to be the the formula to to beating them
2: yeah no i would agree with you um yeah we'll see i mean i would get to give it a little bit more time um they've done some good things but they've been I think there's been some discouraging things too. So, but
0: let's see what next year looks like when you get, you know, some pl- some some defensive reinforcements. When you yeah. get attack at Curtis, who's kind of your prototypical Mike linebacker. When you get, you know, edge rushers like Braylon Shelby, David Peavy. Still gotta bring in some defensive linemen, but you'll bolster that rank. You know, you get a Mateo Ugiangale. I yeah. ruined that, but <laughs> Ugi Ugi. <laughs> You you, nice. you get some of those guys, you know, let's see what the defense looks like in year two. Yeah. Let's
2: go to voicemail.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's Curtis. Are there any players like Gary Bryan? I heard that he's going to redshirt, but you can still play a certain amount of games in the year and still redshirt. Has he used up those games, or can we bring him back for a uh, – an important game, uh playoffs, anything like that. Curtis from Moreno Valley.
2: Thank you, Curtis. Um I'm trying to pull up. He could play. I think he's played in I'm trying to pull up how many games he's played in. It might be one or two. But that's not the that's not the issue. The issue is like he's a scout team guy now. He's transferring. He's uh he made his decision and I mean they haven't announced that, but that's why you're doing this. Um He's not part of this offensive scheme or anything anymore. So if he had a change of heart or something and wanted to come back and play, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I guess it would be up to the coaches. But has been got in three days. games. Oh, he's, oh, so he only has one left. Okay.
0: Um, I don't think you want to risk getting injured yeah, if this, you're looking for a new place. And the portal will be opening next month.
2: I think it's next month. But, yeah, so. you can only play one game. I mean, it's even like, – if like, hey, uh, we really need a, you know, a speedy guy against UCLA. Like, it's just, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. He's not been a part of this. It's just he's a person that you know, and you're like, oh, let's put him out on the field. Like, well, he's not, he's not been getting ready with, you know, building the chemistry with Caleb Williams. He's running on the scout team. You know, so
0: nailed it. It's sort of just like, no. Shot Shotgun producer in the wing texted me three games, three games. So we're right. Nice um
2: uh, yeah i like that one okay uh but thanks for the call curtis steve and poway dear ryan and chris can we finally start having an honest conversation about the 2022 usc football trojans what What have we been having we've we've had honest, dishonest uh, all of our conversations was dishonest okay every single one uh, we'll continue though yes we can enjoy the massive improvement this team has made over 2021 and yes The offense is fantastic, but there is absolutely nothing, quote, special about USC's special teams and the USC defense the past two weeks made Jaden DeLora and now Cal's Jack Plummer look like Heisman Trophy candidates. Let's enjoy the pants off the Colorado game because it will probably be the last victory for the 2022 season. Dang, this is some pessimism. If I could borrow Ryan's phrase, in my opinion, SC's defense is, quote, but and our special teams are
0: quote double butt. thoughts Steve and Poway. No, I have no thoughts because I've given multiple thoughts on this topic. Yeah, on this I would show same
2: thing. Uh, we've we've given a lot of thoughts on this, but I would say, like I, we talked about before, like you can only score on so many drives. Like I feel like this is a USC defense that gave up a lot of yards to you know Arizona and Cal, and like well then you can't like extrapolate that out. So like if if uh, Jack Plummer throws for four hundred six, that means DTR is going to throw for eight hundred. Like no, like that, that doesn't work that way. Like you're already sort of at the maximum of about where you could be. Like DTR is not going to throw for much more than four hundred yards, right? There's just it was just like an impossibility. Um, I mean, I guess some random, but that you're you've already given up a whole bunch, and you could put better players over there, and they would probably going to be in the similar range as far as numbers you're putting up, but you know, they have scored more points. And I think USC's offense can hang with anybody so i think they might not win in a way that you like but they're going to be at a you know puncher's chance for all of it like if you look at the utah game usc was up ahead most of the time right and they didn't lose the lead until less than a minute left in the game like it could be something similar like what oregon did uh to ucla stealing that possession and uh keeping the lead like that usc could easily do that knowing that they you know Oregon gave up a lot to UCLA and still kind of controlled the game. You can do that. Um, so yes, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't say. You know, losing to a Notre Dame squad that lost to Marshall and uh, you know Stanford. Stanford is an inevitability. I, I would I would disagree with that premise. Uh, we got tamale, Tom. Mmm. Oh, are you a tamale guy? Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm Mexican, so yeah.
2: It doesn't mean that you like tamales. I said what I said. Okay, uh, with Oregon leading USC in the initial, so it was. this was from before, the initial, but also in the uh, second week of the college football polls, despite their blowout loss, do you think scheduling is a factor? I can't help but think it, that Utah and Oregon are given credit for having the courage to line up non-conference opponents like Georgia and Florida while USC chose to play Rice, creating a matchup that no one was asking for. How do you explain the discrepancy in the polls if scheduling isn't a factor between 49-3 to 3 and 43-22. Uh so that's from Tamale Tom. Well,
0: Georgia's uh, number one,
2: so yeah, you lost the number one team. Um, Oregon's got you know a win over UCLA. Uh USC's best win is Oregon State, and they just fell out of the college football rankings, but they're close. Um USC also plays Notre Dame, they just haven't played them yet. It's just the way the the schedule goes. So it's like, you know, you had Utah playing Florida, you had Oregon playing uh, Georgia and you have USC playing their name that that game just is later. So you have resume seen. points haven't come up yet. Yeah, they're going to the resume points will be there. I think a lot of it has to do with just how Oregon's looked. They've looked really good after getting blown out by Georgia. I um, mean, USC has not looked quite as good. They don't have the resume building uh, wins on there. Um, Oregon, you know, they if they went out, they have a great resume because you have Washington, Utah, and Oregon State in a row, and then probably USC and UCLA, or UCLA in the championship game. So you'd have a ranked team in three or four weeks, and one of them, you know, the fourth team was all was ranked last week, you know, and could be ranked again this week. Let's not forget they almost lost Washington State, though. Very true. Should have lost to Washington State. Should Washington have lost. Should have lost is, yes. a, is a better term. Washington I think people have forgotten that. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, they've blown people out. Uh, but the thing is, don't worry about the rankings. Like... USC's resume builder, you still have resume builders on the, you know, on your schedule. So, it'll be very, di- you'll be talking differently depending on what happens this weekend. Like, if Washington somehow upsets Oregon, the whole narrative is going to change, you know. Um, there's just a lot. So, I wouldn't worry too much about this team's ranked ahead of this one. You're going to get to play them and you'll be ahead of them if you beat them. So, who cares where you're ranked right now? Because if you you went out and Oregon wins out, you get to play Oregon. And if they are one spot ahead of USC or four spots, um, you can change that by just beating them. You know, um, you can't change like where you are relative like Tennessee, most likely, unless, you know, directly you can change it by blowing teams out, which USC hasn't been doing lately. But yeah, we got one last one um, from Brandon Walker. Hello, looking at the wide receiver depth chart. It's obviously a talented room. I'd much prefer Kyle Ford rather than Brendan Rice at the number three spot. I haven't heard anyone talk, even talk about this. Jordan Addison is the alpha that can take the top off. Mario Williams is a reliable, twitchy slot. But with Rice getting a majority of the number three reps most of the year, it's been underwhelming. I understand Rice did have some big catches last week against Arizona. Uh, and that could uh, could be a sign of turning the corner. But from what I saw... With Kyle Ford, that's, reliable, um, that's essentially mirrors the other. I'm sorry, he says, oh, sorry. That's the reliability and big-bodied athlete we need in that spot. Uh, the rest of the depth chart essentially mirrors each other. Michael Jackson the third is a future Addison. Tosh Washington, just as good as Williams. And Kyle Ford is better than Rice. Uh, that's exciting for years ahead because we've already seen what these receivers can do. Hudson and CJ, too. Thoughts fight on from Brendan Walker.
0: The criticism or the cries for Brendan Rice to get less playing time have definitely ramped up a bit over the last couple of weeks yeah. since the Utah game. And I will say that Brendan Rice is talented and you look at him and you're like, that's wide receiver. You know, six foot two, 220 pounds, got... 4 or 5 speed and he has all the traits and we've seen those traits come out and the and some made some big plays but I think the the real thing is just inconsistency. Yeah. There's times where he'll make a great catch or he'll get himself in a position and just doesn't make the play. And you know, that's not the end of the world. Sometimes that happens. I mean, look at Taj Washington uh last season. There were multiple times where he struggled with his confidence to Yeah bringing a catch or bringing a ball. And there were times where he didn't get a lot of playing time because of that. And, you know, I think Brendan Rice needs to come back for another season. And, you know, who knows that next season, next season, he's like, he takes that jump and his consistency. uh, Shoots up. Yeah. He's still a relatively young player. You know, it's not like he's a redshirt senior or something like that. So there is a lot of room to grow. And remember, Colorado could not get him a ball the ball a ton when he was at a, in Boulder. So, you know, this is kind of the most playing time he's ever gotten at the college level. So, lots of room to grow for Brendan Rice, but the talent is there. Just like looking at him, he's talented. And and, and we can't we also we obviously can't see what's going on behind the practice wall. So, you know, maybe Brendan Rice is just killing it in practice. And that's why he's, I mean, that's the assumption because as Lincoln Riley has said, you know, if you're doing it in practice, you're going to go out there and start and play those minutes. So we have to assume that he's doing everything that he needs to do in practice. That's why he's getting those reps. Yeah. So that being said, I know there's a lot of frustration with the inconsistency, but there's a lot of talent in that room. And I think there's a lot of people that can make up for that inconsistency in times. And he does come up with some big catches from time to time. Hmm. Um, and I think you will have a big catch this weekend or Friday tomorrow. All right. That be one of your predictions. Uh, I was thinking about it. Nice. thinking about his old team.
2: So I like we'll, it. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we saw Christian Gonzalez go for craziness. We, maybe Mekhi Blackman has a huge game against his old that's team. That's true. Just like Gonzalez did.
0: Would have been nice to talk to those guys this week. Uh, they but didn't, just, they weren't available. Just team captains. That's all that was available.
2: Just team Captains. Them. Yeah. That's not that good. Um, Let's uh let's try to rapid fire some uh comments uh, sure. questions in the from the YouTube comments from Herman. Please comment on USC football recruiting number 13 per 247. Say it again. Comment on USC football recruiting it's ranked number 13 nationally by 247.
0: Comment is in I mean good spot what their 20 commits. Lincoln has said mid 20s so you're thinking five six more commits. Yeah. You know, you got a spot for Mateo you got a spot for Caleb Lomu you got a spot for Roderick Pleasant. They've offered a couple new 2023 guys uh, this week. Utah commits, CJ blocker hmm. and then a edge rusher out of uh, Tennessee. I believe I'm blanking on his name, but they're still looking for defensive linemen. So I would assume, you know, still pushing for Mateo get at least one more defensive lineman kind of guy Yeah, uh, with those two. So you want at least two more defensive linemen. You know, nice. at thirteen, really good spot. We're about to enter the the fray here with some official visitors for Notre Dame decommitment season, hmm. whose NIL bags are really strong. December early signing period, so it's going to pick up a little bit, and I would expect them to be in the top ten. You know, by the time December's done yeah. and that period's done, but okay. maybe a little bit higher than a li- people want it to be higher. But I think that's a fine spot. Yeah not Very rapid fire, but we'll take it okay. Uh, hey Amen. I, I had to make up what his question was on the spot. Touchdown USC, do you
2: think the SC versus UCLA game will kick off at 5 or 7 730. I think it's gonna be five. So, oh. Fox has the first choice, and as long as USC and UCLA win, they're gonna be in two nine and one teams. Like, I think they're gonna want that over Utah. It's essentially Utah, Oregon, and USC, UCLA. I believe Fox gets first choice. I think they'll take USC-UCLA. The rivalry? Yeah. I think they'll take that. The two 9-1 teams, the LA schools. So
0: Sunset and the Rose Bowl.
2: Barring some craziness, if USC loses or UCLA loses, they still might take it. But um, if they both win, I think you're taking the 2-9. Because it will probably be game day. would be at the Rose Bowl, too. So um, You want that primetime game, so I think they would do it. Uh, it sucks that one of those games is going to be on at 7.30 p.m., but it will. Why is that? Super OC homes, because there's like some prior it's just stupid stuff contract stuff super oc Holmes. what do you think uh caleb williams best attribute is i love his anticipation his uh reluct i think he means reflexes okay i mean his versatility to to win it's maybe it's like the will win like what do you need to do to win it's like indiana jones looking at like the puzzles that he has to solve in these things like okay Uh, How do I get through this one? How do I get through this booby trap? Like, what do I need to do here? I'm using the whip on this one. I'm going to like, you know, walk on the floors this way. It feels like different games. He's asked to do different things where it's just like, he's not dropping back and just throwing for 400 yards. Um, Maybe you got to take off and run. Maybe you're, I mean, whatever you're doing, he just finds like, what do I need? I'm assessing the situation. What do I need to do today to win? And I feel like he's very good at that. If that makes sense.
0: I would say his escapability. Yeah. It's just so many moments this year where it's like, how did he get out of that? How did he do that? How did he not get taken down right there? You know, that can get him in trouble sometimes. But for the most part, I mean, he has saved himself from like, what, 10 sacks or something? This it's season. pretty special. So, yeah. So I would say that. Mario has a question. Mario.
2: Pull it up here. Do you think Lincoln Riley is holding back some offensive schemes for the UCLA game? We've been getting that for a long time. I would say so. Why not? Those are the
0: game you need to win. Yeah, but it's weird. You watch Oregon, and they brought out like three trick plays for... It's because they have a defensive uh, coordinator as a head coach. Oh,
2: okay. Uh, Yeah, I think you'll see see some wrinkles for sure. I don't know if it's holding back. It's like, oh, we were going to use this against Cal, but we're going to save it for UCLA. I I don't know about that. Uh, this is SCG. What are the scenarios where win out and don't make the PAC 12 championship? If Utah wins out and that's Oregon's only loss. Yeah. So the, if USA wins out, but Utah, Utah wins, wins out. out and then Oregon wins out, except
0: for Utah. USC's left at home because of the tiebreaker thing. There's some weird tiebreaker. It will be a three-way tie. And it goes to multiple team tiebreakers and shoot. What is it? Uh, Oh, okay. So it's It's like the combined
2: record of the teams you played or something. They
0: all would. It would just kick down to like tiebreaker number five or six or something where it's uh, uncommon opponents like the rest of the strength of schedule. Hmm. And Oregon would get the one seed. I think because like myself, uh, just Utah, just Utah has the tiebreaker for USC. So if they ever meet in a tiebreaker, they're screwed. And Oregon. If, but the three-way if, way tie works differently, though. Like you don't do. You do it until you, uh, you do it until one of the teams is seated. And I believe Utah gets seated.
2: Again, I don't think you need to worry about this stuff right now. But it's people are out. like there's there's scenarios there are scenarios that exist if everything falls the right way that it looks weird. There's a way for UCLA to win out and still be left out of the uh, championship game, even with a win over Utah. Um, same sort of thing, like the way it goes. Like if it was divisions, USC. I mean UCLA has a head to head with Utah. So you would think that they would get ahead of Utah, but with the three-way deal, Utah would be ahead of UCLA. So if it was just divisions, UCLA would be undefeated in the Pac-12 South, and so they would be the represent- they'd be the representative. But now that there's no divisions, they would lose like a three-way tie-way, tiebreaker, uh, even though they beat Utah head-to-head. So there's a weird scenario there. Just like was- at least UC- USC lost to U- Utah, so you don't have... But there's a head-to-head tiebreaker that would that would get overshadowed with a three-way thing for UCLA to win out and be behind a one-loss team that they beat.
0: So that's very weird. It's yeah, it's just uh, USC has losing hands when it goes head-to-head with Utah and Oregon in that situation where Utah wins out head-to-head. Obviously, they lose. Oregon has a stronger, n- uncommon opponent, which is Washington. Yes. and to arizona state so you usc needs arizona state to win more so they have a better strength of schedule but that seems unlikely and that's what that's where usc would lose to oregon a head-to-head and
2: i think even the oregon state losing to washington um that might be more of like a ucla thing like ucla beat washington usc beat oregon state but washington beat oregon state so like Washington's ahead of that. I don't know. There's all kind of weird stuff, but again, I wouldn't worry about that too much right now. We got a couple more. Uh, Oscar, uh, will the defense finally get a turn? Get a turnover versus Colorado? I mean, they had one last week. Yeah, they, it's like it's not like finally get a turnover. They've had turnovers, but maybe finally get multiple because it's been a while since they've had multiple turnovers. I think that's going to be a bold prediction. Oh, well, I like it. And then last one, Michael. It's a take it or leave it. Gary Bryant could have uh, could have ha- had, I think he means, a major impact these last three weeks if he didn't retire himself as a Trojan so early in the season.
0: I think so. You take that. I would take that. You know, he stepped up when Drake London went down. He did. I feel like he could have something similar, assuming he did everything he needed to do in practice. I think he could have uh, been a been a weapon. Yeah. Put up some yards. Put up some scores.
2: Sweet. All right. That was good. What do we go? Like
0: uh hour and twelve. How many people watched? Bad.
2: Oh, how many did we have? Uh how
0: many people are playing hooky?
2: We had 150 something as a the, the high. That's not bad. People playing hooky. We do appreciate that. Uh watching live. Please hit the only twenty two likes. Get in there, hit that like button, guys. Hit that. smash that like button before you go. We're gonna end the show, but we need see, we need some likes on there. Like, like, like. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We just got over 16,000 subscribers there. YouTube.com slash inside Troy. If you are not a member of uscfootball.com, what are you doing? Get in there. So much content going up. We got so many things. Um, a lot of podcasts, a lot of, uh, videos, but man, we have a lot of written content going up. Uh, our team's doing a great job. Shotgun Spratling doing the editing. Chris puts up lots of great stuff. We got RJ Austin, um, Gerard, all the recruiting stuff. Uh, Trevor, um, you know, Jack's been helping us out with things. So smash the like button, get in there and subscribe to uscfootball.com. If you're not a subscriber, you can get what, get it for a dollar. So, uh, boom. How do you beat, how do you beat that Chris for a buck? Come on. Can't really not, not, not with the inflation of this country. No. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, are people hitting the like? I think they are. Oh yeah. we got a whole bunch of likes. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for doing that last minute likes. Um, that is uh, Chris Torino right over there. I am Ryan Abraham. Uh, we make the podcast, of, not the podcast of champions. You're, you're pointing the wrong way. I'm the other way. There you go. Yep, that's me. You, you got go to go the other side of the mic, so go like that. Uh, <laughs> this is the Parastel podcast. I did the podcast of champions earlier. A lot of live. You got three. I, I've been live on YouTube for like three and a half hours today. So, you know, that's something, Uh, but it's a lot of fun. And we do appreciate everyone coming in. If you're watching it live in the comments, thank you so much for that. And listening on our regular podcasting platforms or on usafootball.com. Awesome as well. Um, It's great. So no tunnel vision tonight. This was sort of acting as our tunnel vision live show, talking about the USC's next opponent, get over to Coliseum early. It's going to be a lot of traffic. Uh, At least there's no MLS, you know, cup game like there was last week. Will there
0: be a lot of traffic? It's, it's Veterans Day. No one's working.
2: Oh, it's a holiday. But it still be. There's always traffic. I mean, traffic. we're working, but... Yeah, we got to work. I think um, there'll be less traffic, but you should I'll still get there, there early. Is. You should yeah. still be there early. All right. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up. Chris Trevito, I'm Ryan Aram. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you
0: next time. Shout out to all the veterans. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices this is dan bain of trader joe's the answer is simple it's all in the way we do business we buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible this helps to keep our costs low and we pass those savings on to you no gimmicks just great values at honest prices every day at trader joe's thanks for listening